Hey, this is Maya. And I'm Stephanie. And you're listening to The What Project. Where you'll hear inspiring stories of hope. Welcome back to The What Project. We are excited today. We got some awesome guests here. But uh, first, we wanted to, you know, just kind of give you a definition. You know, some people are asking about what does the word testimony mean and what is it in this concept? And so Maya is going to share with us what testimony means today. I think a good definition in um, perspective of the What Project is people sharing their individual stories of how they came to know and love God. I think that's an accurate definition. Yeah, so when you hear the word testimony as we're talking, that's what we're referring to. It's our personal story of how that came to be. Yes. So, with that said, I want to introduce our guest today, uh, Judy. Judy is a good friend of mine. I've known Judy for years. We actually got baptized on the same day. Um, from the same church. And so uh, I've known Judy for several years, and I'm excited to to hear her testimony today. Mm-hmm. Hey, Judy. Hi, Steph. How's it going? It's going good. Good. So would you like to share with us your story and your testimony of yeah. how God uh, became real to you? Yes. Okay. Thanks. So I grew up in a Christian family. As I said, I was listening to your story, Steph. And it was a lot, uh, we had a lot in common because I grew up in a dairy farm also with brothers and sisters, and my mom and dad uh, brought us to church. We were, we went to church every Sunday, and um, as I got older, I kind of, kind of went through the motions, I guess, you know, was confirmed, but I never really took it seriously. I know you should. But I wasn't in the place where I should be, and so I kind of drifted away. I, I, uh, my teenage years, I was actually quite rebellious, and I did a lot of partying and that kind of thing, and and grew farther and farther away from the Lord instead of going closer. Although there would be many times when I would really want to know the Lord, I would open the Bible, my Bible, and I would try to read, but nothing made any sense. So I didn't go any further that with that. Did you grow up in Minnesota? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And were you close with your siblings and your family? Yeah. Well, as close as you can be with brothers when you're kind of... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, my sister was, was much older, you know, in our, in our family. And so we weren't very close. And then she moved away. And my brothers were a lot closer now, I'll just say. You know, there was the the normal kind of brother-sister fighting kind of thing that goes on. But um, we loved each other, but we're a lot closer now. We'll just put it that way. Yeah. So Did um, your parents attend church with you, or was that yes, something mm-hmm. yeah, your whole family went? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know my mom, my mom loved the Lord. She was quite active in the church. And she was really the one I looked up to for, you know, as being the the spiritual, really head of our, our household, I want to say. My dad was very, very stoic, very kind of quiet, 
that way. So mom was, she was, she loved the Lord. So in your teenage years, you yeah. said you kind of drifted away or, yeah. you know, had some rebellion. Mm-hmm. At what point then did your interest kind of get peaked to that foundation that your parents gave you? That wasn't until much later, actually. Uh, I met Jim. We got married. We had two children. We attended church. And, you know, we had the head knowledge. And, you know, we were just um, kind of doing the religion, I guess. So do you ever remember hearing the gospel presented when you went to church in those younger days? Yeah, yeah. But it didn't make an impact on me. And yeah, that's a good question. I, I did. But I guess I guess my heart wasn't ready. I I kind of did the um the striving thing, thought I had to be and I think that's a common I think it's a very common thing. Yeah, that's something that I mean, my story yeah is a common thing with with growing up and especially yeah some of the denominational churches that mm-hmm. striving is is one of those things that we try to do and try to earn favor in God's sight. Yeah. Can I, can I talk? Yes. Well, we'll introduce well, you. So this is Judy's husband, Jim. Hi. Well, I was just uh, the studio was talking there because it was it was just kind of a, a routine thing. We'd go to church on Sunday, you know, and it was seemed like it was the same thing over and over again. You know, we went, went to Sunday school, went and got confirmed, and they never really taught about a relationship with Jesus. It was it just seemed mm-hmm. just more a re, re, routine thing every. Sunday seemed like, yeah, for me anyway. Yeah, well, and for me too. You know, the more rebellious I got, the more really the the harder I felt like it was for me to come back to the Lord, because I did know, I knew, you know, the the basics of the Christian faith, and I knew that Jesus died on the cross, and I I think I kind of felt like, well, um, I might do this later. I might really commit later but right now i've done so much that would displease him i don't know how to how to get that right you know you get a lot of mixed up thoughts going through your head but anyway god knew god knew when um when i would be ready and actually it was it wasn't it was much later on actually in our marriage um well it was actually when uh, our daughter becky was graduating from high school and she wanted to go down to Texas to a place called the Honor Academy. What and, is the Honor Academy? Mm-hmm. Um, it was a. It's it's not in existence anymore. It's I think it's dissolved. But it it was a place you went for uh, a year, and it it. Well, they had the, uh, the choir, the fire. Yeah, thing. it was just uh, reaching teens yeah. or, or young adults and sharing the gospel. Mm-hmm. And, and that's how she came to know about it was through Acquire the Fire, I believe. Yeah. I think they put it on. Yeah. So Acquire did. the Fire was a yeah. conference that traveled around, yeah. correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then this was like a school program. Yeah. That it you was could a go one year for a year. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and then during that year, you you were required to go on a missions trip. But it, they pretty much basically, I know that you can have a phone down there, and it took away the like the TV, and, and just really focused in on, on uh, the Bible and studying. Uh, Ron Luce was the, the head of it, 
And so before we left, uh, before we left down there, we went to a service and he spoke, gave a sermon and, you know, the spirit of God really convicted me. He talked about being a cultural Christian. You know, you'd be sitting in a church and going out the next day and doing whatever. You go back to church and you think everything's good and, you know, you're kind of Christian in name only and, and that kind of thing. And it really convicted me because that's pretty much really what I was, even though that's not what I wanted to be. And that was the place where I really felt really a tangible presence of the Lord. I didn't know what it was then. I know what it was what it was now, but I felt the Lord. And so on our way back, long drive home after dropping her off and and I just remember in the car just saying to the Lord, my way is not working. I want your way. And something happened there. And I think it's because it was genuine. And after that, I knew that I was on the right track. Sure. So after you kind of heard him discuss that it's more than just mm-hmm. like the act of going to church, right, right. that it's a lifestyle and, mm-hmm. you know, a way of life yeah. to yeah. be a Christian. Exactly. That kind of made it click for you. Yes. And and when I got home, I found, I found the book Purpose Driven Life. It, it was popular at the time. And I picked it up and I started reading it. And it had in there, you know, really basic steps. So you've given your life to the Lord. Yes, I said, yes, I have. And this is what you need to do. You need to get connected with a church. You need to get connected with a Bible study. And at that time, we were in own, own a restaurant, and uh, we were really seven days a week, I believe, um, but always Sunday because that was our biggest, you know, biggest day. And so I didn't know how I'd ever be able to go to church. And and I really wanted to at that point. Before that, it was, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal to me. But I prayed about it. And within two weeks, there came out in the, in the Rushford paper, starting Monday night, a women's Bible study. You know, it was, it was over at the, uh, the local church that I'd, I really wanted to go to because that's where our, our daughter had, had been going. And, and so I started going. And I, I grew so much through that Bible study. It was just basic, good teaching. And I grew a lot uh, in the Lord. And so it was really good. Cool. So if we could rewind kind of to that car ride mm-hmm. home. Mm-hmm. First, were you both? Were both you and Jim present? Mm-hmm. Okay. So how would you describe yeah. kind of that drive? Were you oh. wrestling with it or was it like, oh man, I, I know now what the truth mm-hmm. is? How would you describe your feeling yeah. as you thought it over? Oh, I was I was really ready. I was ready. I was ready to repent and just turn. I never said a thing to Jim. And I think a lot of it comes from our background. Just the the Scandinavian, you know, we're kinda Kind of that way. And, um, yeah, very stoic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just had this meme pop up in my memory on Facebook, and it was from when COVID first started. And it said, 
you know, the CDC says we should stand six feet apart. And it said, you know, as a Minnesota Scandinavian, we think that's too close. <laughs> exactly. I get it. I'm yeah. Scandinavian too. Yeah. yeah. So so you didn't converse with him or anyone. It was you heard that no. truth and and it was, you know, your mind was just yeah. going. But when I got home, I wrote my daughter a letter because she was the one that really modeled Christianity for us, that, you know, true Christianity. So, yeah, I wrote her a letter and told her I I really committed my life to the Lord now. And um, I got back this really awesome letter from her. And I got back a three by five card that had a verse on there. And I've still got it up on my dresser. And it was the first verse I memorized. And it was um, um, Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You may prove what is the good and acceptable perfect will of God. And uh, down below, she wrote, read this verse every day to remind you to live your life for, for God. And so I did. I I started memorizing that, and that actually became my prayer. And it actually started a, a real love for the Word of God. And so, yeah. So you mentioned in there that you were ready to repent. Mm-hmm. Can you expound on that, mm-hmm. expand on that, mm-hmm. and explain like what do you mean by repent and and what is this Mm -hmm. idea of salvation yeah so i just remembered things that i had done ways that i had thought and when they came to my mind i just you know i i repented i i asked the lord to forgive me and and i asked him to help me to turn and never to do that again even though i mean we still we still sin and and things like that but we don't do it like we used to. Is there a scripture or a definition of the gospel that really hits home for you? Mm. Well, the scripture that's kind of been my life verse has been Romans eight twenty eight, and and that's, For I know God works all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. And I just look at that verse, and, and there's a lot of different interpretations you can have for that, but... When God speaks a verse to you, uh, when he explains it to you in a personal way, to me it's like he's taken everything and he's turned it for good in, in my life. A lot of the choices, you know, choices that I made were, were really choices. I mean, I didn't have to. I was raised in a good home. I should have been following the Lord. But I made choices and turned away. I made a choice to to do this or to do that. But when you decide to follow Jesus, that stuff isn't fun anymore. And I, I know one of the one of the ways I really knew was all of a sudden something I used to watch on TV, which I thought was really funny, all of a sudden it was like, whoa, that's really not that funny. It's in fact it's probably displeases the Lord. And so I you know, that's a good way to tell when you've turned so you said as a child, you remembered it feeling more like a routine. And even as you grew up, that it was more of an, just yeah. something you did after that car ride and that, you know, repentance that you experienced. Mm-hmm. How would you describe it now? Now? Oh, now it's, I love to go to church. I love to talk about God to other people. And I love to read the word of God and, and, and you know, and to pray and, and to ask him 
to show me new things in his in his word and and he does he's faithful and yeah it it's completely changes your life and and you don't have a fear anymore i think that comes as you walk more with the lord and go deeper with him in relationship that a lot of the fears and things that you've had or even strongholds that you've had they they kind of fade away yeah right because you kind of know that that final battle has been won mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. your sin yeah is no longer yeah. your master because right. of what Jesus did yeah. on the cross you it, know yeah. you accepted that and that it, payment yeah and especially even death you know that's that's huge you know a lot of times before you're born again or before you give your life to the lord you can go about your daily uh, routine but when you really start thinking about eternity you can really become anxious because it's like well what if what if what if i haven't done good enough but when you realize that jesus died on the cross took our sin took my sin and all the sin that i would ever do on the cross and and because of his blood i've been redeemed and so you know the bible says that if you believe with your mouth or believe in your heart and confess with your mouth i'm sorry um you will be saved and it's really really that simple we make it a lot harder i think that's what religion does is makes things more difficult but it's really simple well, in Acts, it talks about how, you know, just if you say the name of Jesus, mm-hmm. you shall be saved. Right, right. And some people, you know, when you ask them, if you die today, you know where you're going to go, you know, heaven or hell. And they say, well, I hope I'm going to go to heaven, you know. Mm-hmm. I hope, I have that hope. Well, that's... We can know. You can know. Yeah. And, and it's like, hope is, have I done enough good stuff to to get there and it's not about works you know it's about just accepting jesus i think it's important to note too that like you heard the gospel for years Mm -hmm. and you knew Mm -hmm. like what it was Mm -hmm. but isn't it interesting that you know you could have that knowledge even from the bible from Mm -hmm. a church but it wasn't until many years later, mm-hmm. that you were able to yeah. see the simple facts of it and right. accept it. Right. It truly is a gift that's just sitting there. Yeah. I mean, I would say a lot of Americans especially have heard the gospel in some capacity. Right. And it's there for, for everyone, yeah. but you have to take hold of it. Mm-hmm. Like going to the that's grocery good. store and putting your veggies on the conveyor belt. Like, you actually have to scan it and swipe your card <laughs> for you to own those vegetables. Like, if you just go to the store and put the vegetables on the, you know, conveyor, right. they're not actually yours. That's right. But it's there for you to go buy them, the same as everyone else. I mean, I don't know if I should compare Jesus to broccoli, <laughs> but <laughs> that That's helps me understand yeah. it. <laughs> That there is a transaction there that happens and you have to actually slide the card in and pay for it. Or Jesus slides the card in and pays for it. He paid the card. Yeah. Yeah, he did. 
Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The What Project. Here's a sneak peek of our next episode where we get to hear Jim's testimony of how he got saved. When I said I didn't think God wanted anything to do with me, you know, and I think that a lot of people probably struggle with something like that because of the life they live, you know, they're, say they're, they're addicted to something or they're this or that or the way they live their life and or they think they got to go to church first before God will have anything to do with them and and no it's not that way because God demonstrated his love toward us and while we got sinners he died for us. I hope that excites you for our next episode and that you will join us again on The What Project.